today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You know what God's saying through the prophet Jeremiah here? My word is like a fire. What does a fire do? Oh, it can burn or warm, consume or refine. That's how powerful fire is, and His Word is like that fire. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will talk about Jeremiah and his incredible sadness about the existence of false prophets fooling people. But how exactly do these false prophets fool and confuse people? In this teaching, you'll learn more about what was going on that was false then and also benefit from gaining the truth of God's Word now. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is Jeremiah now. We get a, another glimpse into this weeping prophet's heart. He says, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of His holy words, for the land is full of adulterers. For because of a curse the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil, and their might is not right. You see what's happening here? Jeremiah, true to form, and we're getting to know him, and we love this about Jeremiah. He's a very kind-hearted, soft-hearted man, very loving. And things like this really hurt him, so much so that he's staggered and he's stunned. I mean, look at this imagery, this, this idea, verse 9, of my heart, is broken within me. He's in anguish, mentally, emotionally, physically even, because it affects you physically, psychologically. His bones shake. He's like a drunken man. He's just staggering, just cannot get his mind around how evil they've become. Who's become evil? The other prophets. Because of these prophets, the wickedness of these prophets, and the land is full of adulteries. Let that sink in. The prophets were adulterers, and everyone was committing adultery, and the land is cursed. And the wickedness is great, and it's evil. And it really affects Jeremiah. 
And notice the effect that it has on Jeremiah. He's not angry, standing in the street corner, condemning them. No, he's heartbroken over them. Oh, would to God that this would be our response when we see people like this. I think about what Jesus said, and he come to condemn, came to seek and save that which was lost. That's God's heart for people. You know, I, uh, I know I've shared this before, maybe it's appropriate to just share it briefly again, but God's done a powerful work in my own heart in this regard. You know, it used to be that I, I would just get all worked up and riled up and upset and angry and just kind of, oh, I would always frame it in terms of righteous anger. Well, no, not really. And then the Lord just got a hold of me and allowed me in His grace to see those people who were the objects of my ire and anger through His eyes. And it changed everything. And instead of being angry at them, I just began to feel so sad for them. I mean, if you really think about it, if the rapture were to happen, do you ever ponder this? I do. I tell you, it's, it's heavy. But if the rapture were to happen, and they're left behind, do you realize the significance of that? And what they're going to experience? And who's to say that they're going to give their life to Christ during the tribulation, be numbered amongst those of whom we affectionately refer to as the tribulation saints? I like how one said it, if you're not going to live for Christ before the tribulation, what makes you think you'll die for Christ in the tribulation? That's a game changer, isn't it? How you see people. You don't get angry at fellow Christians, or if you're a pastor, you don't get angry at fellow pastors. It's heartbreaking. That's the heart of God. Verse 11. Now we get some more of a detailed explanation as to what was going on. For both prophet and priest are profane. Hang on to that word profane for a moment. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Therefore, verse 12, their ways shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness they shall be driven on and fall in them, for I will bring disaster on them, the year of their punishment, says the Lord. So just kind of bear with me here for a moment. We need to talk about this word profane, because when you hear the word profane, you might connect it with another word that comes from that word, which is profanity. And sadly, that doesn't even come close to explaining what was happening by their profaning. To profane is to make the sacred common with the secular. It's to, as one said aptly, <laughs> by their worldliness they're secularizing the house of God. 
This is what I mean by caving to the culture. We're going to make the sacred more palatable, more plausible, more amicable. We're going to kind of, we're just going to soften the edges on this a little bit and, you know, not be so like that. Because after all, this mindset, and it's profane, it says this, we want to reach the world, so we're going to become more like the world in order to reach the world. Well, then there's a problem with that, because then there's no distinction. There's no difference. You have profaned the sacred. You've brought it down to the level of the secular. And I'm having a really hard time here trying to figure out, well, wait a minute. Oh, oh, you're culturally right, according to pop culture, popular opinion. Oh, you're culturally correct, if I can say it like that. But at what expense? What did you have to do in order to make it more appealing to the world? Now we're going to see very, again graphically, for lack of a better word, what happens when that happens. And it ain't pretty. Verse 13, and I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal and caused my people Israel to err. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also, listen very carefully, they also strengthen the hands of evildoers, so that no one turns back from his wickedness. It's okay. All of them are like Sodom to me, and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. A horrible thing. This horrible thing, horrible thing, it's horrible. This thing is horrible. That's what a horrible thing is. It's horrible. Well, it's alive and well today. How so? Well, compromising leaders lead others into compromising. Look at uh, verse 14 again with me. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers. You're strengthening them in their evil. They continue on even stronger than before in their evil because of you. What did you do to strengthen them in their evil? Ah, you you just kind of blew it off, turned a blind eye. You might have even in your caving to the culture endorsed it. Because can you imagine if a well-known religious leader or spiritual leader says it's okay, well then, hey, what's the problem? They're strengthened in their resolve, as it were. And this kind of explains it even further, so that no one turns back from his wickedness. Why would you? You told me it was okay. You've, you've already profaned the sacred. You've gutted out the Word of God, as we're going to see in a moment. Why would I turn from wickedness when you're up there in your wickedness? You're compromised. How would I not also, that's the thing about leaders, 
I, I know this might be an oversimplification, but you know what leaders do? Deeply profound. They lead. In order to lead, that means that people are following your lead. So they're the leaders. They're leading people into this. They're, they're leading people into compromise, because they're the leaders. And people are following these compromised leaders. They're wicked because the leaders are wicked. They're doing evil, evildoers because the leaders are evildoers. Verse 15, we've got to keep moving here. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood, and make them drink the water of Gal. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness, there it is again, has gone out into the land. Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 16, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually, verse 17, say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall befall you or come upon you. It's all good. Peace. Here's Jeremiah over here. Repent these prophets, relax. Why are you so uptight? I know Jeremiah's over there saying doom, gloom, judgment. Now relax. Nothing evil is going to come upon you. It's not going to happen. Peace, peace, when there's no peace. They're misleading the people. They're lying to the people. <laughs> you know what's sad? This is what's heard from many a pulpit today. Again, I just would kindly ask that you bear with me on this. These who do this, want people to like them. Um, why else would a pastor say, hey, it's okay, relax. I know there's this guy on the windward side of Oahu that is telling you that it's coming, this is it, this is the end. Relax. And I'm up here screaming and yelling and spitting on everybody in the front row. You gotta know, and we're gonna see that here shortly, but you gotta know that Jeremiah is just, he's alone. He's alone. I, there are some who estimate how many of these false prophets there were, but whatever number you come up with, it was that number to one. So let's just say 5,000. 
Well, isn't that a high number? Not necessarily. 5,000 of these other ministries are saying the same thing. Ah, oh, you shall have peace. <laughs> no evil shall come upon you. 5,000, and you're the only one getting up there saying, No! It's coming. It's coming. This is it. Only one. Well, verse 18, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord, and has perceived and heard His word? Who has marked His word and heard it? Behold, watch this, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury. A violent whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until He has executed and performed the thoughts of His heart. In the latter days you will understand it perfectly. Now this is not speaking about the last days. This is speaking about in the end, Judah, you'll realize, oh wow, but here's the problem, it'll be too late. There's such a thing as too late. There's a time called too late. And when you realize that, too late. Because, see, what they said would not come, will come. And not only will it come, God's fury, that they told everyone, no, it's not going to come. No, it will come. And it will come violently and swiftly as a hot whirlwind. And you'll see, but it'll be too late by the time you do. Verse 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. <laughs> they ran with it, as we would say. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But, verse 22, if they had stood in my counsel, and it caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. That just, that comports with what we just read. They would not turn from their evil and turn from their wicked, had these false pastors and shepherds and prophets and priests just declared the Word of God, they would have turned. They would have turned and been saved, but you didn't. You didn't tell them what they needed to hear, you told them what they wanted to hear, and you ran with it. They would have turned from their evil and from the evil of their doings. Am I, verse 23, a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can anyone, verse 24, hide himself in secret places, so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Write a book, write a book. Do a YouTube video, do a YouTube video. 
How long, verse 26, will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of, de of the deceit of their own heart, who try, watch this, to make my, my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. The prophet, verse 28, who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Oh, that's interesting. You know what chaff is, right? It's all fluff and no substance. That's what this is. Oh, the vision, the dream, the, hey, let me share with you this. Where's the beef? Where's the wheat? Where's the substance? This is all fluff. It's chaff. Here's the problem with chaff. You can eat a lot of it. You will never be nourished. You'll die, because it has no nutrients. Wheat does. That's the word. Is not my word, verse 29, like a fire? Oh yes it is, says the Lord. Uh, oh yes it is, is in the original, that was the JDV. <laughs> it's not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. You know what God's saying through the prophet Jeremiah here? My word is like a fire. What does a fire do? Oh it can burn or warm, consume or refine. That's how powerful fire is, and His Word is like that fire. Sometimes we need to be burned. Sometimes we need to be warmed. Well, God's Word does that. How about a hammer? Think about this. You can either break or build with a hammer. Sometimes that's what God's Word needs to do. It needs to break our pride and build us up in the Spirit. It's like a hammer. So <laughs> they were not speaking the Word faithfully, and as such they were robbing the people of the power of God's Word as a fire and a hammer to warm, to refine, to build. One more thing real quick on this. So if you've been attending this church for any length of period of time, or watching online, you've probably noticed this by now. I know this is a firm grasp of the obvious, but we teach the Word here. Do you know what has happened as a result of the fire of God's Word, and the hammer of God's Word, and the wheat the nourishing wheat of God's Word. Oh wow. Oh wow. And you want to rob people of that? Let me ask you a question. Let's just say that you've got a fluff and puff, splash and flash, that all rhymed, didn't it, message, you know, that's just real, you know, relax. God loves you. It's all good. Peace peace, because we want you to come back. 
We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout this book, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking words that God has given him, warning the Israelite nation that judgment is sure to come. But the people don't want to hear it. They'd rather carry on in their revelry, living their best life now. If you've noticed, there's a mentality of that in today's culture, too. Don't you dare give anyone warning about the red flags in their life. They're just taking that idea of eat, drink, and be merry and running with it. Unfortunately, these warnings in Jeremiah weren't heeded. and That's how it can be today as well, as God gives fair warning about what's to come in the future. But are you prepared for what God's warnings are? Have you taken heed to what he speaks and teaches about in his word? These aren't just mentioned as a side note. Everything in God's word is intentional and has a purpose. If you'd like to know more about what this all means, we encourage you to go to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he can save you from a life and eternity without him. If you're in the area and would like to connect with some others in person about this, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition in Jeremiah, here on In Spirit and Truth.